Hey friend, I'm Micah McCurry and this is Bible Tract Echoes. Thank you so much for joining me today and a special thank you to our guest today, Pastor Dennis Leatherman. We've been talking about obstacles to soul winning, obstacles to being a witness. Christian friend, we all must be a witness. It's commanded in the Bible. You'd think, Brother Leatherman, his last command should be our first priority, wouldn't you? Well, you've given us to this point, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you've given us four different obstacles. Let's see if my memory serves me well. We started on Monday with a lack of assurance. That's an obstacle. If you don't know you're saved, it's going to be hard to tell other people about being saved. Then we went to, let's see, locked up by fear. And as you mentioned, that could be the biggest obstacle for most Christians. Then we talked about Lucifer's opposition. The devil doesn't want to see people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then we talked about living in my comfort zone. We like to be comfortable, especially us first world Christians. We greatly enjoy that. I was over in Burma, Myanmar, not long ago, where Christian friend, uh, Christian brothers and sisters, some of them living on a handful of rice every other day. Not quite as comfortable as we are here in America, but somehow they're also better Christians and better witnesses in a lot of different ways. And it was convicting to me. Brother Leatherman, you've got a couple more things to share with us as we dive in. Tell us why or tell us what kind of obstacles might keep the Christians that are listening right now, might keep them from being a witness. Sure. And, um, and, and I think this next one, particularly maybe for us Americans, uh, may be a, a, a bigger issue than we realize. But I put it this way, having a loaded schedule. In other mm. words, we're just too busy. You know, we got sports, the kids have the games, we got stuff at church, we got work, we got, you know, we just have everything. I don't know what your schedule's like, but mine is just slammed. It's every night, every day. And so sometimes if we're not careful, uh, that schedule can re will reflect the fact that we have priorities out of whack. And um, we tend to uh, schedule in the things that maybe aren't the most important thing, and then the other things kind of get pushed aside. And so I think what we need to do if we're serious about this matter of being a witness, serious about soul winning and being involved in other people's lives, of course, we can always witness as we go about our schedule. Let me back up here a little bit. You know, we can share the gospel as we are doing our shopping, as we're sitting watching a game. So, but I, I think it's wise to schedule some time every week where I focus on sharing the gospel with people in my community, maybe a neighborhood or, or uh, certain folks. I make an appointment. I want to sit down and talk with them. It's kind of like I have a preacher friend of mine that lives downstate, and every time we talk, and this has been going on for about 25 years, nearly, and, and literally, nearly every time we talk, we'll end our conversation with this. One of these days, we got to get together and have lunch together. Well, that started 25 years ago. You want to guess how many times we've had lunch together? <laughs> we haven't because we don't schedule it and we're just busy. And, and one of these days, I'm going to start soloing. And one of these days, I'm going to get those tracks and give them out. Well, we're just too busy. And because we're busy, I think we have to schedule it in there. Uh, make sure that we're doing our part in fulfilling the Great Commission and not just going through the motions, but you know, say, hey, this is a priority. This has to be part of my schedule, just like we do other things that are important. Uh, old illustration, and 
probably many of you have already heard it before many times, but uh, there was a professor that was um, teaching on time management. He had a jar, and um, he put uh, in that jar, uh, he put these big rocks in the jar and put as many as he could fit in there, and he asked the class, can I get anything else in this jar? And they all said, no, it's full. So then he got some smaller rocks and put them in. They fell in around the big rocks, and classes, uh, you know, they're watching them. He goes, is the jar full now? And they said, well, yeah, now it is. Then he got some sand, and he poured sand in, and that filtered in between all of that. And he asked the class, uh, "Can I put, is the jar full? And they didn't know. <laughs> now they're like, oh, we don't know, maybe. He goes, well, what's the point of this, of this object lesson? What am I trying to say? And their answer was, well, you can always squeeze a little bit more in. And he says, no, you've missed the whole point. He says, you've got to put the big rocks in first or you're never going to get everything else in. And I think that's the way our schedule is. Soul winning, sharing the gospel, seeing others come to Christ is a big rock. And if I don't put that in first, if that doesn't have priority, then all these other things are going to crowd that out and it's not going to happen. So an overloaded schedule can be, and I think many times, is a very real obstacle. Let me give you another one real quick here. Uh, and this is, this is I, I think, a real factor for a lot of believers. I put it this way, a low view of my own usefulness to the Lord. Sometimes, you know, we uh, folks think, you know, I'd like to see people say, but I don't think God could ever use me. Um, I don't know what, uh, I, I'm inadequate to be able to win someone crazy. I don't know what to say. I, I just don't know that I could do that. And you'd be surprised, Brother Micah, how many times I've had people over the years say almost verbatim what I just said. They'll say, I just don't know that God could use me. I don't think I could do that. Um, I had a fella in the church uh, years ago. He says, um, he said, oh, I'm just not much of a talker. I don't think, uh, I, I just couldn't do that. I, I just don't think I could do that. Well, we had a missionary come through, preach the scorching message on hell. I mean, it was powerful. And our hearts were stirred. And the altars packed uh, about, you know, trying to point people to Christ and the reality of hell. And um, this guy's at the altar. And lo and behold, that week he shows up at soul winning. And you know, that guy became one of our best soul winners. He went mm. people to the Lord all the time. And so he just had a misconception of himself that I can't do this, I couldn't do that, and, it, and he could. It was just he had to get uh, beyond that. In 2 Corinthians 5, one of the most encouraging passages to me, uh, 2 Corinthians 3, chapter 3, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25, notice what Paul says. He says, God had chosen, verse 27, God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty, base things of the world, and things which are despised. And God, God specializes in using people who think, I can't do anything for God. And the reason being is when we trust him, then he gets all the glory. It's not how many souls I've won, it's how many souls God has used me to bring to Christ. And so, um, the greatest ability is availability. I heard a preacher years ago say that. You know, if you're wanting to hang a picture up on the wall and you don't have a hammer, uh, the hammer's not available. You got to put a nail in the wall to hang the picture up. You know, you 
take your shoe off and use the heel of your shoe to hammer that nail in the wall so you can put the picture up if the hammer's not available. Now, a hammer's ideal, but if it's not available, you use what's available. And I think God's that way. You know, I might not have the highest IQ. I might not have a Bible education. I might ha not have the whole New Testament memorized. But if I just make myself available to God and say, you know, it's really not my skills and my abilities. It's simply my submission and my availability to God. God will use you. And uh, I think sometimes the things God has done here at Mountain Lake, and, and uh, I just look at myself in the mirror and think, what in the world? And, um, you know, I, I, I read this passage and say, ah, oh, it's God doing it. And Amen. so this low view of ourselves. I heard a preacher years ago, used to, and a good guy, but he used to brag about his IQ, how high his IQ was. Every time I heard him preach, it was like us discouraged because my IQ one half what his was. And I thought, man, God could never use me. And you know what? I found out it's not my IQ that makes me usable to God. It's my availability. And so um, sometimes we think um, we get a, a low view of ourselves and, and our usefulness to God. Um, and then do I have time to give another one real quick? Absolutely. Yes, sir. We Let got about, one about three minutes left. Go ahead. Okay. And, and this one here... Uh, might be limited in its application, but I put it this way. I'm uh, letting ministry replace personal soul winning. In other words, sometimes folks get the idea, well, I teach Sunday school, and therefore, you know, that's, that's my service to the Lord, and I don't see soul winning as, uh, as, as something I'm responsible for. The fact of the matter is every Sunday school teacher ought to be a soul winner. Every, yes, every Sunday school teacher ought to be sharing the gospel, not just in the class, but throughout their life as a lifestyle, really. Um, and so, you know, well, I, I'm the bus driver, and I thank God for Sunday school bus drivers. Good night. My hat's off. I have tremendous love and respect for them. But, you know, driving a Sunday school bus doesn't replace my responsibility as a personal soul winner. Choir. I sing in the choir. Praise the Lord. I love our choir. But... Um, doesn't replace personal soul winning and, and giving out those tracks. So if we're not careful, uh, we can get the idea, well, I'm doing this, and uh, but then we uh, fail to do the very thing God instructs us very clearly to do. So uh, letting personal ministry replace personal soul winning. And my, my hope is that this week, for all of you that are listening right now, this has just been a little bit of a tune up. Because as you said with the Leatherman, you've been in ministry for many years now, pastoring for about 30 years. It's amazing how we can all let one or two or three or all of these things trip us up every once in a while. We, we, it bogs us down. And I can tell you, we have an enemy that would like nothing more than for Christians to be bogged down by one of these obstacles. And to think that we have the opportunity to represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and to let these little things trip us up. I recall I was a little kid. We were in Germany. My parents, my dad was stationed in the military. He was in the, he was in the army in Germany. And we'd go on these weekend treks. They called them Volksmarches. Normally on Saturday afternoon sometime, we'd have church responsibilities and things. But then we'd squeeze this in on Friday or Saturday. And I can recall they'd be like a 10 kilometer, about a six mile hike through the German countryside. It was beautiful. It was a great family bonding time. 
But I can recall a few times, I'd be walking along, I was probably eight, nine, ten or so years old. We got to a place, as a family, we could do these things pretty fast. My little brother would be in a little kid, kitty backpack, you know, my dad would be carrying him. And the middle kid would be in a stroller, one of those all-terrain ones with a big mass of tires on it. And I'd, I'd be walking, we'd be chugging along until I got a rock in my shoe. We'd be walking along and all of a sudden, I had to hold up progress because I'm hobbled by, it's the smallest little thing, but I can tell you it hurt pretty bad. It slowed us down. And can I tell you, the devil would like nothing more than to sprinkle enough rocks that gets caught in your spiritual shoe, if you will, for you not to be a witness. I'm gonna encourage you, tomorrow on the broadcast, we're gonna put a bow on this thing, Brother Leatherman's gonna share the last couple obstacles to our Christian witness. And if we have time, I don't know if we will, there's a track story I might want him to tell as well, but you're gonna have to stick around to hear about that. You will need to listen to Bible Track Echoes tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. My prayer as always is that you have a great day for His glory. We'll plan on talking to you soon. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracts Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 a faster way to contact us is to go to our website at bibletracksinc.org. That's bibletracksinc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him. <music>